Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Alley Colbert Show. Allie Colbert Show. This is my fifth time trying to record the intro because if you've ever tried to do anything in your childhood bedroom and you're home with your family, there's like 25 people trying to get in my room at once. But I, they're, I don't know what, they're just, they're coming to do little nothings. Oh, I want to get a sweatshirt, knocking on the door. Hey, are you happy with the temperature? Uh, actually, speaking of the temperature, my sister and I, we share a thermostat, Jackie, and we have actually been fighting for control of that thermostat for years. The thermostat exists in Jackie's room. But our rooms, something with the temperature, my room gets very hot, her room is very cold, my room's freezing, her room is like a sauna. So we've kind of been going through this war for years where I'll have to go in the middle of the night and adjust it and she'd get the fuck out of here, she's giving head. You know, this is the type of thing you have to deal with when you're home with your siblings. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. Maybe that's because I'm Jewish and we don't have Christmas. By the way, I love Christmas. I love Christmas from afar. I love Christmas up close. I think the Goyam have nailed the lights. Goyam, uh, you've killed it with the lights. I love the lights on everyone's house. I wish, even though I don't celebrate Christmas, I wish I could have these lights on my house. And I can but uh, we don't. We don't. As Jews, we don't have the lights. And I think we talk a big game about our festival of lights, yet we don't have lights. Look at all of the Christians with their gorgeous lights. I would love to have these lights on the house. It just feels festive. It feels celebratory. I'm interested in doing that. I'm going to put that out in the world. Maybe I'll do that at some point. But I don't, by the way, I don't live in like, like LA is not as great with the lights as like, you know, the East Coast, East Coast Christmas. I don't know. This is just a thought I'm having. Anyway, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. I've realized that uh, the foods on Thanksgiving, the mashed potatoes, we have a corn souffle, there's mac and cheese, there's the sweet potatoes, there's like put it, like spoon bread pudding, like just all of these food stuffing. These are perfect foods for people that are either newborns or dying. And maybe that's what makes it a great holiday is that regardless of your relationship with teeth, whether you have one, none, or many, everyone can enjoy Thanksgiving. It's perfect if you're if you're aging out of life or if you just enter the world. So I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I'm excited about this episode. I uh, watched the movie Triangle of Sadness last night. Um, it's basically, it's like a White Lotus meets Lord of the Flies. I recommend this film. This has an Ali Colbert Show stamp of approval. I wouldn't say I'm gonna. I'm going to qualify it for Hummus Hour because of two reasons. One is because the lead woman is hot, and two, tragically, this woman died after filming the movie, and that sort of tragedy speaks to the lesbian soul. And I actually, I found out she died while watching the film, and it was pretty depressing. And I'm just letting you all know this in advance before you watch it, and then Google who's this hot woman. And you read that she died. But I think that combination of someone who's stunning, unattainable, and now this extraordinary grief around her loss, uh, this, these, these things are all read very queer to me. Anyway, I don't even, this intro is all fucking over the place. I'm fucking unhinged and I'm out of it. I'm jet lagged. My back hurts. I, 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 don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't really know what's going on. Casey Tanner from Queer Sex Therapy, she 
she was on the show. We She had an episode entitled Queer Sex Therapy on the Allie Colbert Show. She's got a new podcast called Safe Word, which is two sex therapists, Casey and Camille, and they answer listener-submitted questions about sex, relationship, identity, and they share their own stories uh, along the way. So not only do you get to peek into the inner lives of therapists, but safe word, it's it's a reminder that we're all beginners when it comes to queer relationships. Okay, we're all kind of, we're all the blind leading the blind. So they cover topics like new relationship energy, breakups, trauma, guilty pleasure, and relationship conflict. And you could find safe word, that's one word, wherever you find po- podcasts, including Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts. And you can have your questions read on safe word. Go to the bio in the safe word pod or queer sex therapy Instagram page. Uh, so that's Safe Word is Sex Therapy Unhinged. New podcast, Ali Colbert Show stamp of approval. On this episode of The Ali Colbert Show, we have Carolyn Bergier from Diking Out. I've been on Diking Out. I had an episode on there a while ago when Sarah York was a co-host. It was a hysterical episode. I mean, I remember how hard we laughed recording it. Carolyn came on my podcast. Very lesbian episode for you all. Maybe that's what I should title it. No, but I dyke out. I learned to dyke out with Carolyn, who is the queen of diking out. By the way, I wanted to announce uh, an addition of something to my Schittler's list. In Venice, where I live in Los Angeles, there are bird scooters, lime scooters, every type of scooter. There's a new scooter every fucking day, okay? And the limes have a new authorized parking. This is a very specific Schittler's list, and I'm going to let myself do it because I run the fucking show. And what this means with these authorized parking zones is that you have to go to a specific place to park your scooter, which is the fuck... It defeats the point of the scooter. The whole point of the scooter is, listen, I can't drive right now. I don't really want to walk, so I'm going to take this scooter, and I should be able to throw it into the nearest fucking ditch as soon as I see someone because it's embarrassing to be on a scooter. So the fact that I can't just go on the scooter and then ditch it in a bush is a problem. It, you're, you're undermining the value of the scooter that I have to go to a specific flagged marked zone and park it. The whole process of riding the scooter is humiliating. I need to be able to stop in the middle of the street and throw it under a truck. I, I want to be able to drop this thing anywhere. So you're, you're ruining the point of the scooter when I have to bring it to a specific parking lot and take a photo with it. I want to be able to just ditch it. Wherever I run into someone. Oh, that's a friend, that's an ex, that's a boss. I need to just take the scooter and just throw it off throw it off the sidewalk. Enjoy the episode. You guys, email the show. Please, how about this? For Thanksgiving, for the holidays, if you want to do something nice to me, call or email the show. Because I'm going to do a whole episode, a solo episode, with all the questions. I want to have like a bunch. I want it to be a very robust episode. The Allie Colbert Show at gmail.com. Call the show, 833-722-5546. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow the podcast on Spotify. Give us five stars. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever else you listen. Enjoy the episode. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Allie Colbert Show. I'm here with Carolyn Bergier. Are you French? I am. Oh, that's so amazing. I think the French are so hot. Yeah? Yeah. They're okay. Well, I the women are hot. The women, oh, the men are it, like I mean, boys. when the men are hot, they're hot. Like the rare instances where a French man is attractive, like mm-hmm. they are very attractive, but mm-hmm. most of them are just weird looking to me. Like if you've ever seen the French soccer team, like soccer player, male soccer players, like I'll give it to them. They're many of them are attractive. The French mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. I'll goes. Yeah. 
Really? I I don't know that I've ever paid any attention to the French soccer team. Some of the ugliest men you've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've often heard that like French men, I've heard I've heard this opinion and I've kind of affirmed it on my own trips to France, but mm-hmm. that like men, like French men until they're like 50 look like they're like 12. And act that way too. And yeah. act that Okay. I don't really yeah, I don't yeah. have experience kind of like hanging out <laughs> with, French, with French guys, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Being raised by one. Yeah. Oh yeah. You've, so you were raised by a French guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And is your mom French? No, no. She's American. And then I was born in Canada as like a compromise. Who didn't want to live in America? I mean, they wanted to be somewhere that spoke French too. So they moved to Montreal for a little bit, but then we uh-huh. moved to the States. Like my mom eventually won that argument. And where did you grow up in the, in the States? Outside of Buffalo, which isn't as cool as Montreal, but it's a place, you know. Okay, so <laughs> s- still pretty up. That's pretty upstate. That's more upstate than you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and are you, do you have, like, give me the a rundown on your upbringing. Do you have siblings? Do you have a happy childhood? I mean, I thought I had a happy childhood, but I am, like, in therapy multiple times a week. So I'm and learning, like, comedy. maybe, yeah, and, and that, um, and I'm like a bottomless pit for validation. Um, but I have one older sister and that's it. My parents are separated, but they never got divorced. So my le- dad lives back in France. My mom lives in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. That feels French to me, that setup. Yeah. Like he comes back once a year and like stays with her. It's all very... Very French. Very European. Very French, yeah. You have a happy childhood. You're close with your sister. You tell me when the the gay fairy starts to kind of circle around your your dreams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I would say I I can't complain too much. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was pretty happy for the most part. I was like a little bit of a sickly kid. Like I was always getting sick, so that sucked. But I I liked school. I always had friends. um, But I always felt like a weirdo was kind of like the class clown because I couldn't relate to any of my female friends, especially once we hit like middle school and they all became obsessed with boys. Yeah. So I just had to like lean into making jokes and being the goofy one because anything else felt so uncomfortable. Right. You um, did you did you act and pretend that you were interested in guys because that was the hardest yes. for me in middle school. I think pretending yeah. I had a crush. You're just like picking someone. You're like, I guess I can try my acting skills out on that guy. Right, right. It's like who who like doesn't care enough that they would date me. Like <laughs> who's also kind of like a weirdo guy that they might. Uh, be okay with this arrangement. It definitely felt like I was always looking for a beard, whether I was aware of it at the time or not. Your seventh uh, grade beard. Yeah. 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 I really like the longest relationship I had with a boy was maybe three months in the sixth grade. And from there, I'm like, no. Uh, and my friends would joke around because I like never, even in that three months, like we didn't kiss or anything mm-hmm. or like make out. And my friends are like, if you don't make out with the guy soon, you're going to be lesbian. And then I'm like, oh God, I better find a guy to. Was make that, out with was that freaking you out were you depressed about that or was it was more of a joke because I was totally depressed so I, I'm always <laughs> curious when people were like okay somewhat um, okay I mean I had I had pretty low self-esteem as I think like most teen girls do uh, because I just felt like yeah I, I didn't have a boyfriend and then my friends did and I just felt like very uncomfortable with myself uh, I got along really well with guys but I didn't want to be friendly to them because I was afraid they would think I would like them and right. to me that was like a nightmare situation right yeah I just had a lot of different female friends 
it wasn't until but I, like i still didn't realize i was gay so uh, like, even though oh sorry to interject this three-month relationship with this guy yeah are you ending this relationship because you're saying this is too hard for me to fake this no it was like a mutual ending like we just weren't that into each other you're like listen i'm not that into you and i'm 11 so i'm gonna just gonna yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah. all right con- <laughs> continue on okay so now you're 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 like i don't really have a crush on anyone i don't feel like my friends yeah and uh, i didn't have that thing where I had like a crush on one of my best friends like a lot of people do yeah but looking back now it's not until like very recently that I do look back on like a couple of friendships and they were never like close friends but like adjacent to that um there would be like certain friends here and there where I had like a little bit of like I always wanted more from them and I felt like I I couldn't get it and I didn't know what that That's was painful yeah yeah, it was, it's it was just confusing. like, why can't I close this little gap? Like, what am I looking for? Do I want to just text you a lot? Yeah, I really remember like that aching being torturous. Yeah, it, it was just confusing because I couldn't really place exactly what was happening. And like at that time, there was no, you know, no media or anything to be like showing me that this is an option. This is what right. it is. And it wasn't until I... Um, I was working at a movie theater that my best friend worked at. And one day she called me. So 2000s, like early 2000s. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Working at a movie theater. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she was like, you'll never guess who's gay. And my heart like sank. I'm like, who? And she names this girl who we work with, who is like this beautiful femme girl that like wouldn't give me the time of day was always me I just thought she hated me and then I got like sweaty I thought I was gonna throw up and like the first thought in my head was like oh my god I'm gay and I became obsessed with this girl like always like looking for her at the movie theater um she had a girlfriend at the time so um but but that kind of like activated me and and, <laughs> yeah. and then I was like, oh, this makes like because I'd never felt that about guys before. I'd never gotten like sweaty palms, butterflies in my stomach. I'd never yeah. been like driving through someone's neighborhood being like, maybe I'll see them walking outside. I had no idea where she lived. But anytime I was like, I think she lives somewhere around here. I'd be like, <laughs> you had like you had the fever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The lesbian fever. Yeah. And then the lesbian fever, which will be the title of the episode. And yeah, are you do you have a shot with this girl at any point or is this just the fantasy girl that gets you out of the closet? She was my third girlfriend and my first like very long term relationship, like on and off for five years. Are you fucking kidding me? So no. wait, how does that? So. So, OK, you this clicks I, into place for you. You're like. The girl at the movie theater, I'm for some reason I've been parked outside of her house for a month. I think I'm gay. Um tell me then where you go with that. Cause she's not available. You're not dating her. Right, right. Okay. Get ready for like the most lesbian story. So oh, <laughs> at the movie theater where like late later learned like half the people they were gay just so much queer energy i mean we're all wearing polo shirts like the the halls are pink and purple it was vests and i was really upset that they had a uniform it was like vests with like bow ties and then they're like we're changing uniforms i'm like no and then they're like polos i'm like acceptable Uh (laughs) you might as well have like a pocket watch it's just the gay okay yeah so gay um like birkenstocks um 
Everyone has to bring a cat to work. (laughs) My, so my best friend, like she has the, the Intel cause she works in the box office. That's like where the privileged, uh, few get to operate like the, the teenagers they trust. The rest of us, uh, low lives are like in concessions and then they let all the guys be ushers for some reason like you had yeah it it was a weird like class system with men's security they're the ones like at the gate women can't handle that power right right (laughs) so my friend tells me you know i think this other person uh is also a lesbian and she seems to be like in love with the first person i shouldn't use names um but your friend has so much lesbian intel your friend is like the ed snowden of the lesbian community right right she's really wiki-leaking all the dykes meanwhile having no idea that i'm gay just thinking i'm just super straight (laughs) yeah so she's telling me all this so i befriend the single lesbian and it's kind of like well you know i i just i'm trying to signal to her like i'm interested yeah i mean we weren't into each other that's the funny thing like i don't think she like we got along enough to get together but our personalities and everything it was just so different sure uh we were just dating because we were like the only people willing to like make out with each other and have sex with each other of course in our you gotta do what you gotta do right right yeah. so meanwhile she's obsessed with this other this third person that we work with okay that's another so, person this is another person and is that person gay because my what is this movie theater i wish i had a job there so this other person is like now married to a man and I don't think dated people after her time at the movie theater. Uh, yeah. So so my first girlfriend is obsessed with this other person uh, to a point where I'm like, this is just insulting. Like she bought this person a Valentine's Day gift, but got nothing for me. And that's when I broke it off. I'm like, this is just insulting at this point. Yeah. You're clearly not into me. I'm not into you either. Let's just like end it and be friends. Right. So we ended it. The two of them, as far as I know, kind of were like secretly seeing each other. Okay. Then they stop. Then me and that person become really close and we start seeing each other secretly because the Valentine's she's... gift receiver. Yes. Got yes. It. The receiver. <laughs> yeah. So we start seeing each other and it's great. And okay. uh, we like we get along so well. We become super, super close. But we're going off to college, different colleges. And we're like, it's not it's not gonna work we might as well break up now before it gets even harder which I didn't love but I'm like I I get it like I know we're not staying together in college her best friend is the OG gay that I'm obsessed with they go they they go to college together they're roommates coincidence no they're they chose each other they chose each other okay they went to Smith keep going (laughs) I go visit my second girlfriend while she's at college yeah. make friends with my original crush amazing and then eventually like make a move and then we go into a long distance relationship throughout my time in college and then she moves down to Atlanta where I moved to after college and we live together so okay so does does the girlfriend though that you were seeing or broke up with no it was visiting at the time no what doesn't know or doesn't give permission or what doesn't know 
And my second girlfriend was like, she can never know. So she dated her for years and she didn't know? I, I dated the second one for, for it was like very short. No, it was no, just like not a few the second okay, one. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So you date the, the new, the OG gay. OG gay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, how for, long? for years. She finds out maybe two years in and that's because she always suspected something and then my ex had lied and said something like, just to appease her, was like, yeah, we made out once. And then confronts me and it's like I thought you said nothing ever happened she told me you guys made out and I said okay well that's a lie too so I might as well tell you the truth (laughs) like we dated you know for a little bit and and now we're just friends it's fine and that did not go over well yeah wow oh my god and and what is it like though when you finally are with the original crush are you freaking out is it does it live up to the are you like how does that Uh, I mean, it was it was nuts at first. Like, I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, she's just, I just thought she was so hot. And I, uh, I don't know. It, it was great. But also, she was a terrible girlfriend at the time. And oh, really? because I had, like, idealized her, I let her be kind of shitty. Like, you know, she cheated on me a bunch of times. Like, that's why we were breaking up and getting back together. But she's um, like a movie star in your mind, you know? Yeah. And she's just like, I just felt like I'm the one. I'm the one for her. And she has like a troubled path past, but I can, you know, be that person she needs and everything. And yeah. it just like, you know, starting a relationship long distance in college while she's not over her ex, while I'm holding on to this secret about having dated her friend, like all that stuff together is just like... Yeah, the drama is real. Disaster. And you're in high school when you're working at this movie theater? Yeah. And is coming out, is that cool with your family? They're like very chill, your whole community with it? Or is it it really difficult for you to come out when you finally realize? It wasn't difficult. It was just kind of weird. It's kind of like, well, when do you tell them? And I I felt comfortable telling people, but it was a matter of like bringing it up kind of out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah, it's awkward. Yeah. um, My mom was fine. She was very surprised. And she thought like that maybe it was a phase or something just because I don't know why she was surprised. Like my walls were like plastered with like posters of Madonna with like her nipples out. Like it was, yeah. it was obvious. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and then she told my, my dad who seemed to be fine with it. Um, I told some friends in high school, I think they were like a little bit weirded out about it, but like, a lot of people in high school didn't believe it and just thought it was a rumor mm-hmm. because I, I don't know. I was like Miss Student Council. Like even though I didn't have a lot of boyfriend, I don't know why people would be so shocked by that. But I guess it was still like the early two thousands, so people weren't used to having somebody who was like gay and not like on the margins of you know yeah um, totally social groups. Uh, people would come up to me and be like, you know, Carolyn, did you hear this rumor that you're dating? Uh, somebody from Lancaster and I'm like oh well that makes sense and they'd like laugh and think it was funny I'm like no even when I went to college and um, I would like go to visit my girlfriend at the school and I'd run into people from high school and they'd be like why are you here I'm like to see my girlfriend and they're like you're so funny I'm like, what 
what a gag like that is, <laughs> a, that is amazing that, that yeah happens all the time I mean I talk about just like in the past now like when I'm with my partner people always you could literally be kissing a girl two girls kissing on the street and they'd be like oh that's so nice you kiss your friend like that Right, right. Yeah. It's like, what sort of hoops do I have to jump through to show you that I'm gay? People will come up with any justification in their mind to not believe that two women are together. I don't know if it just doesn't right. occur to them and they don't want to reach for that or they just have a really hard time wrapping their head around it or for, they forget that it's a thing. I'm like... It's so bizarre because my my ex-wife and I, like, we don't look anything alike uh, except we're both white. And people would ask and assume if we we were, like, sisters all the time. And then even sometimes they'd be, like, twins, right? And we're, like, twin? Like, we're not, we weren't the same height. We weren't the same body type, like, different color hair, everything. Isn't that amazing? I get that, too. Are you guys sisters? I'm, like, she's 5'7 and blonde. We're not sisters. And I never get that with my own sister. Nobody's asking me and my sister if we're sisters. So what is that? Is that just the, is, <laughs> is that just the energy that they see the two of you having? It must yeah, gotta be I, something like that. I don't know. It's close. Yeah, I, I think like they sense that there's a close relationship, but their mind cannot go to like lovers. <laughs> it's it's uh, insane. By the way, I hate when people. It's one thing when they're like, oh, you're such cute friends or whatever. But when they like assume the relationship in, in a different way where they're like, uh, you two are. Uh, oh, my God. We've gotten really bad ones. My girlfriend's older than me. We've gotten like, is this your daughter? We've gotten. Yep. Uh, and it's just it's really awkward. And like it sucks. And I also I know that if I correct the person, like it will embarrass them. Right. So a, part, a part of me doesn't want to like create such a weird moment. But like when they walk away, like it feels really shitty for us. Yeah, yeah. It's just, how do you even do you correct them or do you what do you do if when they like fuck up? Are you like no, this is my wife? Uh, if if it's like just a stranger in passing making a comment or like if we're you know at the grocery store and it's the cashier, I'm just like whatever. I'm not gonna correct them. Right. Um, it might even he, be better to be like, yeah, this is my sister, and then just make out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The the times that I would correct are like when the person isn't like when my wife isn't around and I say something about being married and someone's like oh what does your husband do and I'm like oh it's my wife and then they like have a complete meltdown like that's a whole thing too yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're wearing like wedding rings by the way I was gonna ask you about your wife but I didn't know you got divorced you got divorced or you're separated. well I got divorced and I'm remarried all within like three years <laughs> uh we've been married for five years now so maybe this is this a peruvian wife yes yes so this that's the current wife the wife yeah. okay that wife is still in the picture she's still in the picture she's great yeah you're married to the peruvian woman yes okay because i remember when i met carolyn five years ago four years ago yeah. um carolyn by the way which i'm gonna say in the intro has an iconic queer lesbian podcast diking out which i mean you've had some incredible guests like beyond incredible on that show and uh i mean i don't know if you still do you had like stand-up shows that were yeah. like, diking out like stand-up like shows stonewall that, yeah yeah it, it's an amazing just like universe of queer content so listen to her podcast um but when i came on the show i remember you were telling me about your wife and i honestly just like you were one of the first 
um le- younger lesbians i met in the city that was like married and i was like oh yeah. fuck that's so cool and i am engaged now and my partner and i are having all of these conversations around like how do we how do we make a marriage gay um right <laughs> because so much of like the ceremony around like a wedding is hetero and all of these things but so have you been married twice by the way, if yes. you don't want to talk about it, we can cut, cut it. Oh, I'll talk about it. Yeah. So it's what all was, out there. So what is your, what was your, fir- I didn't even know this about you. What was your, fir- were you married to a man? No. Oh, okay. No. Two, yeah. two women? Go for you. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, awesome. Yeah. You're like a, you're a true American guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I'm an advocate for gay marriage at this point. Yeah. Just really. <laughs> you're doing it like Use it or lose it. Yeah. <laughs> use it or lose it. So yeah, tell me, tell me about that. Yeah. The, the first marriage uh lasted five years we were friends for a bit before and then uh we started dating and i don't know i was living in atlanta at the time and everybody gets married young down there so it just seemed normal like i was like well we don't want to break up so i guess we'll get married and it was you know hindsight too soon and and also we were still like changing a lot you know it was before I moved to New York and started doing comedy so when we got married she thought I was I was going into a PhD program she thought I was going to be a professor you know and then I'm like surprise I'm going to be you have to come to my improv show like that's horrible (laughs) you you are not a doctor (laughs) yeah that's worst case scenario honestly for my (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife yeah we moved to New York. Well, we we had a we had a wedding in Salem, Massachusetts, because at the time gay marriage wasn't legal in New York yet. And wow. it definitely wasn't legal in Georgia. So we wanted the ceremony to be in a place where it was legal. We had like a big wedding, family, friends, both wore dresses, uh, felt, you know, mostly traditional um, as much. Who walks down the aisle? We both did. Yeah. Good solve. Yeah. One after the other. Yeah, got it. Okay. And both both of our parents walk us down. I mean, her family's Jewish, so that's like the Jewish way of doing it. So we did that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like not a religious ceremony by any means. Uh, and it was a really fun time. It was a great wedding. Everyone had a great time. The second wedding, uh, because it's Cecilia's third marriage... Oh, wow. You guys are It was my second. Yeah, we're just collecting them. Uh, And we eloped. But it was a great elopement. It was, like, beautiful in the desert of New Mexico. And it felt like a real wedding. It was just, like, a real wedding but no people. So we had, like, a fancy cake, beautiful flowers, dresses, photographers, a first dance, like, all that stuff. But nobody was there except, like, the guy who married us, uh, the photographers, and the person who did my hair. Wow. Was that – and did you love that? I loved it so much. Wow. It was amazing. And were you you nervous about like doing it a second time because of your first experience? Like what what were you like? I'm doing it. I'm doing this this time. And then or was it just, you know what? This is the right person. Like what is the energy going into that? You know, you think I'd be more nervous. But honestly, because it didn't work out the the first time i'm like well what's the worst that could happen you know i've, I've already been oh, divorced that's a, that's a great mindset I love you know that. yeah yeah and it we just wanted like the same things out of light like she's the best person i've ever been with like by far uh just really i don't know it just took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting it at all. You know, the first night that we 
hooked up. We were both saying like we were getting divorced around the same time. And oh. and she was like, I never want to get married again. I'm like, me neither. I don't believe in marriage. And then, you know, here we are. Really? So what was yeah. it then? What was it that made you want to do marriage again? Like I because I, I just I'm talking about this all the time on the pod. But like, what is the what is the marriage doing other than just, you could because you could be with her forever and commit forever and wear rings right. and so what is it that you're like no i'm i'm really into the institution um the green card the green card is that really it yeah oh okay that makes sense then but but you're in love with her and she's the best person you ever met and you had an amazing wedding in new mexico yes. and no one was around right she i mean she she wouldn't have married me if she thought that like we were just doing it for a green card like she didn't need it that bad she has dual citizenship she's a canadian citizen too so like right. you know no sweat off her back um and she also could have gotten one through work but i'm like you know you're the person i want to be with and yeah. it'll be easier if we do it this way um this will be like a component of it maybe it's like driving the speed at which we do this but i i've never regretted it for a second um would do it every day if i could that's so beautiful yeah where did you where did you guys meet at work at work yeah what were you doing at the time for work uh, we both worked at an ad agency. So I was a copywriter and she was an art director and we worked together. Uh, she was like recently brought on board. I assumed she was happily married. And like I never talk about my coworkers like this, but I remember her first day I went up to one of my coworkers, this guy who was always like a little bit like creepy and always like commenting on people. But I was like, Rob, the new hire pretty hot right <laughs> like I, gonna, I was just like who's this like hot lesbian that just started working on my team yeah um but I again like we assumed the other was happily married but like my marriage was falling apart and I was really grumpy at work so she always wanted to like get to know me and stuff and I'm like no I'm like I cannot talk to anybody I'm miserable uh and it wasn't until um yeah until I broke up or like my ex-wife and I broke up that we got together. Yeah. Wow. And so I mentioned your podcast, Diking Out. I, I love the phrase Diking Out. Did you invent that phrase? I think so. Yeah. Like what does Diking Out mean to you? Like, yeah, tell me. You know, my friend and I, we had talked about starting a podcast and really the first thing that came to mind was like, let's call it Diking Out. Uh, and it just stuck. And I looked, I Googled it. I'm like, nothing else has this. All the social handles are available. The website's available, whatever. It's not being used. So it felt like very ownable. Five plus years later, there's shadow banning and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> we have to oh, be right. careful about how we how we write it. But yeah. for, for a while, we had a good run with uh, <laughs> getting away <laughs> with saying diking out everywhere. But yeah, it, it's a fun thing. It's fun to see like people using that as... A term. Part of the language, yeah. Yeah, and then when people ask, like, what's your podcast about? I'm like, that's kind of what it sounds like. We're just diking out about different things. What's something you've been kind of diking out about? Oh, well, or recently. Or give us, give us a recent, yeah, diking out moment. I mean, uh, diking out about Jenna Lyons being cast on Real Housewives of New York. Are you a Real Housewives person? Okay, so I am a Real Housewives person of uh, the original, and I just saw that they... Because I, I got a little confused because it sounds like they're taking the original cast, they're giving them their own show that's has On a Peacock. new name. And what yeah, is that Legacy. show going to be? 
Okay, I'm so glad I Roni have Roni Legacy. On. Yeah. It's called Roni Legacy. And is yes. Bethany going to be on that? Probably not. Because that would be a big deal. That would be I don't think they can get Bethany for that. Okay. So that'll be that'll be Ramona, Luann, Sonia. Yeah. Those guys, Tinsley. Not maybe. sure who else. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And then the new one, I heard that they're making the new, that the new one has the has queer editions. Yes, and so Diking Out is responsible for this. Tell me more. Who is Jenna Lyons? Okay, Jenna Lyons worked at J Crew for over twenty years. She took it from being like this catalog brand that nobody really thought much of and then made it into like this like preppy chic brand that people came to know it as and was like the chief creative officer um for a while and just became this kind of like fashion like new york fashion icon okay Um, i'm looking at pictures of her now she's got a cool look Yes. She was married to a man, uh, had a son and came out when she was, I believe, like 46. And her and her husband were going through a divorce. She had a a lesbian friend uh, and she became kind of like intrigued with that friend at the time. And they started spending more time and uh, some like paparazzi, I guess, like saw them at a restaurant together and came to their own conclusions and she was in a board meeting at J crew and they interrupted it to be like the New York post is on the line and they want to, um, they want your comment on a story that you're, um, dating this woman. And she said, confirm. And then she continued on with the meeting like a badass. That's amazing. And, and that's that how she came of, out. That's in that for, that's really fucked up to out someone in that way and it, right. it's almost the same plot of the morning show right right do you yeah. remember when uh yes yeah i forget her name another Reese witherspoon and uh yeah the Ju- um, juliana, juliana Mar- margulies yeah, yeah. Juliana Mar- 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 yeah, yeah um but she I, i'm loving this woman i'm loving her energy i'm very excited to see it the show has needed that because i wasn't into how they and whenever you put one of these women against the Sonia and the Ramona, I mean, it's right. going to blow up in your face. But the way that they treated Barbara, I'm forgetting her last name. She was a friend. Right, right. Yeah. Was atrocious. It was terrible. It was terrible. So what, what happened was we interviewed Jenna Lyons a little bit less than a year ago. And we did a live recording at uh, The Wing, that women's workspace in, yeah, in Soho. Mm-hmm. So we're backstage in the green room beforehand talking with Jenna. Somehow we get on the topic of Real Housewives of New York. And I'm like, Jenna, you should be on Real Housewives. They need you since Carol left. They they need somebody who's like fashion-y. gay and like fashiony and like not a total, you know, mess. Right. Uh, and she's like, I love that idea. Looks at her assistant. How do we make that happen? And Melody and I are like, well, we we know um, we know Andy Cohen's assistant. She's like, well, I'm friends with Andy Cohen. And we're like, OK, well, then call Andy Cohen, Jenna. So we do the interview and I asked her in the interview. So we get it on the record. Like, would you do Roni? And she's like, well, I'd want to do an all gay version. And it's like, no, no, they're never going to do an all gay version. Right. So after that. Melody, my co-host for Diking Out, um, Melody and I, we go on two different podcasts. We talk about this. uh, And these are like pop culture podcasts that, you know, have a Roni fan following. And I'm pitching like all the reasons why Jenna Lyons needs to be on Roni and why she would bring like fresh life into The um, the show. Press picks it up. 
we get called Bravo influencers. Jenna is like seeing these Instagram stories and um, like reposting them and being like, how do we make this happen? And I'm DMing her like, Jenna, call Andy. And she's like, I know I got to get on it. She's casual about it. Okay. I don't think any of this is seriously going to happen. And then at BravoCon the other week, they introduced the new cast. And it's Jenna and her, like, people within her circle are the whole new cast of, like, the Roni reboot. I DM Jenna, dream come true, and she goes, it's all because of you. Are you kidding me? No. It was the nuttiest night. That is the most incredible story. Yeah, I was freaking out. I was freaking out that... By the way, you know, I'm glad that she responded, but a part of me wishes she would have reached out a little earlier just because, you know, it really was because of you. <laughs> like, I mean, that's like, insane. I, that's insane. I mean, I feel like the, the casting company should, you know, at least send a bottle of champagne or something, but... Uh, <laughs> that, you really, you sort, you really orchestrated that. That was... Yeah, you were instrumental. That is really fucking excited. I'm diking out about that now too. Yeah, she gives me the credit, and like one of our like longtime listeners who we've been, become friends with, uh, Karina Milan, uh, became Jenna's makeup artist, and she knows about it because she was going to be on Roni, and she came to like our latest Stonewall show like a week before the announcement, and she was like, "It was killing me to not be able to tell you too." about this so like they just had to be so tight-lipped about it because it was like such a big thing of like who's gonna be this new cast so i'm trying to weasel my way you know they start shooting in uh in a couple weeks well maybe you uh, can get her to record an episode of the pod as like a little part of her like life in new york you know kind of saying right i think yeah i think you can make that happen or trip to cubby hole, you know, something. That's amazing. That is truly, yeah. that is an awesome story. <laughs> Carolyn, tell everyone where they can find you. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, you can uh, follow me personally at TGI Carolyn. Listen to Diking Out. I also have another podcast. If you watch the show, A League of Their Own on Amazon, it's an A League of Their Own recap pod where I recap the episodes with the writers who wrote them. So it's pretty cool. That's fun. And um, I also, if you're in New York uh, have a popular queer dating show called Loves a Pitch and the next one is uh, November 16th that come on everybody in Brooklyn so come out yay thank you so much for coming on the show thanks for having me